When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Today's coaching coordinator podcast is from the Lawrence First and Gold Clinic, and in it we have offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach at U Albany, Joe Davis. In this one, he talks about how he sets up his room, starting with a mission statement for his position group, and even going into how he sets up the room as far as their seating, uh, how he handles them from being the beginner, the new guy in the room, to being guys who are like all Americans. I think there's a lot to get from this, regardless of what position you coach. As you get ready for the new season, you're going to start some meetings with your guys and uh, begin to figure out who's going to be the dude for you at your position. So again, this is a quarterback-related one. The entire talk is about finding easy completions for the quarterback, which I think is a great topic for you to look at, especially if you have a young quarterback right now. And uh, that one will be linked in the show notes Again, thanks to Coach Davis for taking part in Lawrence First and Goal. And a link to the entire store and all the courses that are available there will be in the show notes as well. Here's Coach Joe Davis from U Albany. Thanks for having me on, Keith. Thanks to the Loose family. Uh, before we get started, I always have to tell the story. I, I remember moving, you know, I'm a Midwest guy and moving out east to take a job uh, at a Division II school in Pennsylvania. And uh, one of the first orders of business for the staff was it was mandatory for all the staff to be a part of the Lawrence First and Goal camp. This is like summer of 2013. I didn't know a ton about it then. And I remember coming to the camp and, uh, and seeing all the coaches there, uh, thousands and thousands of high school prospects, uh, seeing the Loose family, and then getting a chance to meet all these coaches that had spent a lot of time in their careers being a part of Lawrence First and Goal. So uh, very quickly, I realized the significance of the camp and the cause. And, and so pretty much everywhere I've been since then, it's, it's been a, a summer staple. So to be, to be a part of this thing is really, really cool and uh, just honored and humbled to be here. I always say from these clinics, guys, coaches that are watching today, uh, if you get one thing from it, it's all worth it. You know, we've all been to a million uh, uh, clinics or talks or seminars or camps or whatever the case may be. And I'll tell you from my own experience, uh, you know, sometimes you walk right away with a ton of stuff. Uh, sometimes you walk away and you're in disagreement <laughs> with the guy presenting or saying, you know, I wouldn't really do it that way or, or, or we do it a different way. But I always think uh, the, the guy with the growth mindset always takes something out of it, even if it's just 
confirmation of the way he's doing it, you know, saying, wow, I just, I'm really, this kind of confirms the way we're doing it. So uh, I hope you take something from it. And, uh, and as I go talking about the quarterbacks here, uh, I can humbly say to you that, that uh, I certainly have learned as much from my quarterbacks probably as they have learned from me. And especially the great ones, the dudes that were all Americans and first team all conference and guys that were sort of uh, able to make the offense their own and, and uh, you would ask them questions about what they saw, which is such a great question for a quarterback. You know, tell me what you saw. What did you see? Uh, and their responses were, were, were so intelligent and so articulate uh, that, uh, that, that you took something and you, and you reevaluated maybe how you were teaching that. So uh, we all got a lot to learn. It's the best thing about this game. That being said, I'll jump into this. You know, some of the concepts, some of the things I'm going to talk about today uh, probably are not revolutionary to a lot of folks, um, but here's my here's my kind of uh, uh, you know up above opinion really of what's happening right now in college football. Um, it's my opinion. Take it for what it's worth. I think today, for the most part, everyone's running versions of the same stuff, right? I mean, you could watch the national championship game from last Monday night, and you saw Steve Sarkeesian do some awesome things schematically, you know, against a great defense. But much of that was derived from really a lot of the basic things that many of us run today. And to be great at those schematically, those advanced schematically uh, uh, designed plays, if you will, uh, you've got to be great at the basics first, you know, and that's something that I've really challenged our staff and challenged myself with over the last year or two is said, you know, we, we run stick. Hey, we run a hitch. We run smash. How can we be so detailed that we run it better than anyone else. Uh, how are our drills applicable to this specific play and how are our drills and our installation married up to make our players just a, a tick more successful than our opponents on Saturdays? Because to me, guys, that's the secret sauce uh, is how things are being taught, what the coordinator is saying, is that trickling down into the position meeting rooms uh, are guys saying the same thing in the meeting rooms? Or are they saying different things? You know, those are things I think as quarterback coaches, a lot of us are coordinators or aspire to be coordinators is you really have to be hard line on is saying, you know, this isn't a flat route. This isn't a shoot route. This is an out route. This is what we call it in the offense. And I think a lot of times those things get lost in translation, even as, as much time as we all spend. Um, and I think what happens when those details and those drills and those techniques get lost in translation or coaches start to make it their own, um, you sink a little bit towards mediocrity. Um, and, uh, and those are the things I think that, uh, uh, that, that are really, really important. And I'm going to talk about today and things that are really important to our offense here at UAlbany. And, uh, you know, I, I've got a unique story, man. I came up as a Division three player. And then was fortunate to be a division three coordinator at a really young age at, at 24, 25 years old. And then, and then became a division two coordinator. And, and now, uh, uh, you know, my third different program as a division one coordinator and FCS coordinator and a lot of things, guys, I mean, there's a lot of trial and error in here, man. I mean, a lot of trial and error, a lot of, a lot of kind of figuring things out as I went. And so hopefully it can really present some stuff that'll help you today. Uh, I'm going to jump into this and really what I'm going to, I'm going to share with here first and, and I would just challenge the quarterback coaches with uh, just like any successful company, right? Just like any successful team, uh, there's a mission statement. Um, there's a, uh, 
a standard, there's a word, there's a phrase, whatever the case may be, everyone has a different viewpoint on these, right? And, and some of them are kind of fluff. Uh, some of them you can really adhere to and live by. And, and I would challenge the quarterback coaches to say, just what, what are our, what's our mission statement in this room? You know, what are we going to live by? And then, so when I created this OEP several years ago, it also gave me a little bit of a, uh, a standard on how to judge the quarterbacks and really how to go through an actual quarterback competition, right? So maybe you got two or three kids competing and the kid that's not running with the ones comes in and says, coach, you know, I'm really killing it, man. How, how come I'm not with the ones or how do I get better? And so this is a little bit of a, um, a mission uh, uh, statement, so to speak, for those guys to judge themselves. You know, so the first thing we talk about is operation. And what I challenge the quarterbacks are is before you ever are able to compete for a starting job, you have to be a master of our offense. You have to be a master of the operation. Uh, this is something that probably we're not going to spend a ton of time on, right? And, and requires a lot of uh, self-motivated time and discipline within that quarterback. Does he know every formation? Does he know the verbiage? Uh, does he understand the splits of the wide receivers? Hey, on this play, is the back supposed to be in pistol or is he offset? Hey, am I under center or in the gun? Uh, is the tight end on or off the ball? Hey, is this a short motion or a long motion? Hey, is this a jet sweep or is it a dummy sweep? Uh, and then in tune, you know, I don't know if anyone saw this last Sunday on NFL Countdown, they did an awesome piece on snap count and the ability to manipulate and, and be a master of the snap count in the NFL. And certainly with no fans this year, we've been able to hear some really cool stuff that the quarterbacks say on these game days. You're going to hear it today in these playoff games. So that, that's really a challenge for the quarterback. You know, typically uh, your starter is, is a guy that masters that pretty quick. And, and once he has those things mastered, uh, you're going to feel the, the confidence swell, uh, not only in that individual, but within his teammates. So that's something that we challenge the quarterbacks on big time. Uh, we really spend a lot of time. I get a lot of grief from coaches on our staff that can hear me down the hallway as we teach our guys how to manipulate the snap count and use voice inflection and, and, and certain things like that to get the defense to tip their hands. So, and we have a goal of every practice of zero operational issues. You know, that might even be a fumbled snap. You know, I tell the quarterbacks, I think, you, I said, you think I'm going to put that on the center that that ball's on the ground or the running back? No, that's on you. That's on us at all times. You know, we are, uh, absolute uh, uh, place in an extreme value on the football. So zero operational issues, efficiency. You know, I did a big study on this several years ago of the top 25 teams in FBS football, 23 of the 25 teams had a 63-1 guy as their starting quarterback or a combination of if they were playing multiple guys, right? So what that means is that they were above 60% completions and they were three to one touchdown to turnover guys. And I would challenge you, if your quarterback's like that, guys, and you're getting into week 9, 10, 11 of the season, you're probably in first place, right? Or if you're not in first place, you're, you're contending there late in the season. So um, we, we have this mentality a little bit of, uh, uh, you know, shooting for perfection and settling for excellence, you know? So we go into on-air completions. You know, all the guys should be echoing that in our drills, routes on air. Hey, no balls on the ground. 100% completions, no drops, no errant throws, perfect timing, crisp. Uh, I saw uh, several years ago, uh, I was out at a bowl game and, and watched Kellen Moore when he was a quarterback of Boise State go out on the field for his pregame warmup with his wide receivers and air routes. It was like the crispest thing I've ever seen in my life. I mean, balls just zipping, nothing on the ground, dudes jogging balls back, getting lined up. 
really, really smooth. That's the challenge. That's what we're shooting for. Seven on seven, you know, we're looking to complete nine out of 10 passes. I, I, I uh, joke with the quarterbacks. I said, guys, you can, you can throw it to the back every time, you know, if you want to, to get a completion. But this is a drill with no pass rush. Certainly you have to be very, very efficient in. And then once we settle into those team times at practice, you know, we're looking for that guy to be at 75%. And again, he's got a different color jersey on in our practice. He can't get hit. I said, guys, you can cheat that drill. You can hang in the pocket a tick longer. Ain't nobody going to touch you. Um, and, and that's what we're shooting for. We're really looking for that, that efficient, accurate guy. Okay. And then the last thing is production. You know, when you're in the game or we scoring points, uh, sometimes those drives are really, really awesome in their clinic tape and everything's clicking. And other times they're just ugly. But the quarterback that had the moxie and the toughness, you know, to keep those drives alive is ultimately what we're all judged on as play callers and quarterbacks. Um, and, and really to get the goal is very easy is, is did we win the game? You know, and when we're in practice, you know, when you, when you were in, were we scoring points? You know, we, we use that little DSR that drives success rate uh, to evaluate quarterbacks and drives at times, you know, just as a, as a hard, fast number. But, but again, my challenge to you would be to set that in your room, whatever that may be. That's something that we've used here for a while, okay? A uh, couple things here, and again, this is getting a young quarterback started. The quarterback coach uh, should be the guy that's that has the organized mind, right? That really sets the tempo. Uh, I, I challenge my quarterbacks. I say, when you guys are up drawing plays on the board, you know, draw it as if the Miami Dolphins and the Dallas Cowboys scouts are in here watching you. It should be clean. It should be crisp. All 22 guys are up on the board. You should have the route depths in there, the adjustments, because that's what's demanded of the quarterback. Uh, I mentioned that quarterback manual, uh, and that that can be as as when you develop that guys. Uh, that can be one page. It can be ten pages. Everyone's a little bit different in how they do it, you know. And, and a lot of those are uh, just expectations for the position, not the player, right? So here's how a quarterback at U Albany is expected to act in the classroom, in the weight room, in the football meeting rooms. Uh, you know what what his demeanor should look like on the field. Uh, talk about that snap count, talk about your pre-snap checklist, his, his responsibilities pre and post-snap. Uh, what, what is his demeanor as he's in the shotgun? How do you want his feet? Where do you want his eyes? How are his hands set? These are all things I think that uh, uh, I think as a coach too, once you start to put them down, you start to articulate in your mind and say, wow, is that really what I want him doing? Or boy, we don't even have a plan for this. I kind of been getting away with it for a while. We don't have a plan for it. So I think that manual is important uh, to share out with your quarterbacks. You know, a meeting plan, certainly now it's a little bit unique. You don't have a ton of kids sitting in meeting rooms, um, but I think you should have a seating chart in that meeting room with the quarterbacks. You know, you got five or six guys in there. Where do you want your starter sit? You know, where do you want the number two guy sit? Where do you want the scholarship freshman as opposed to the walk-on freshman? You know, I always have them strategically placed so uh, as right-handed quarterbacks, based on how our room is, they have the ability to draw on a whiteboard with their right hand, and they don't have to get up out of their seat, or they don't have to turn awkwardly in their seat to draw. Again, it's a little thing, um, but those are things in a meeting room that helps it go a little bit more efficiently, okay? Um, when I have the quarterbacks take notes, we're, we're not a playbook operation here at Albany. We don't hand out playbooks, I mean, literally, we give the kids some templates and some blank stuff, and, and then they have to take great notes. And, um, and so I, I teach the quarterbacks how to take notes. It's, it's, it's something that I, I believe in that, you know, if they're clean on the board and they're clean in their book, they can be clean in the mind. Um, and so those are some of the things that, that I literally want them to list out and categorize 
Uh, hey, what is the play name? Uh, what is the read category? I'm going to talk to you guys about that here momentarily. What is the specific movement key, right? Who is the guy that we're looking at? Uh, what is the man answer? I always challenge my quarterbacks. I say, guys, when I'm presenting a play to you, um, uh, whether it be uh, installation or in a, in a schematic game week, you should always ask me, coach, what's our man answer here, right? Uh, we're a heavy RPO operation here, and, and that's the number one way people try to get us out of the, some of those cute RPOs is they just they kind of uh, jump into man coverage and pressure and pressure you. And, and, and so what is the man answer within this play? Uh, and then footwork hitch count. I'm going to talk about that today. I'm a big believer in this and developing young quarterbacks that we actually attach a hitch count to every single pass concept that we run. Right. So, you know, very simple, for example, if we're if we're throwing a flat curl, uh, we use what's called big three in the gun, uh, that that flat route should be thrown on rhythm. Right. With no hitch and that the curl route or the hook route, however you call it, should be thrown on one hitch. Right. Those are things that I think are really, really hard, fast. They help with timing. I say all the time to the quarterback, let your footwork dictate your clock uh, and also will allow some self coaching to go on. Right. So that quarterback threw that curl route on two hitches. Well, every quarterback in the room should be saying right now is that, hey, he's late. You know, he's a hitch late here. You know, those are the things I think that you're really, really hard on the young quarterbacks with is how that footwork attaches to your offense. It's going to help with timing. It's going to reduce sacks. And it's going to, as much as you can, teach that young man to be an anticipatory thrower. I'm going to show you some clips of that here momentarily. A very difficult thing to teach as we all as we all know, right? I mean, sometimes dudes have it or they don't, right? They have the ability to get that ball up and down and anticipate defenders or anticipate leverage. Those are the great ones, uh, but certainly we wanna be able to control the controllable as much as we can and teach that, okay? Um, and then, uh, uh, and then in, in the meeting plan there, as you get into a game week, um, and I'm a big stickler with this with our coaches, you know, when we present our first and second down game plan to the players, that cutoff has to be so organized that your ability uh, or you have the ability to show the quarterback or your position room, the lead coverages and pressures against that particular formation, but also show him why we're running the certain plays we are to attack those specific coverages, right? And so you have the ability as a coach to manipulate that cut up to not only present to him the facts of the defense, but also sell to him a little bit the game plan, right? I mean, I want that guy with a little bounce in his step walking out of that first meeting saying, man, we're going to get after these guys this week, right? We've got a great plan against them. Uh, coach has got, got everything kind of dialed up. We've got good answers. And, uh, and I think that's really, really important from an organization standpoint before the quarterback ever steps on the meeting or excuse me, set, uh, steps on the field. That, that cut up is really, really tight, right? I mean, we're, we get in about every formation imaginable and I can usually get to about 30 or 40 plays top end in that cut up. So it's got to be really, really organized. It's something I spend a lot of time on on a Monday night after all the game planning is done with the coaches. Uh, the third thing there, that on-field plan, uh, nothing drives me crazy, man. I, I go to see other other places, uh, uh, you know, whether it be NFL or high school, whatever it is, and I see the quarterbacks jogging out with the rest of the team. You know, or I see the quarterbacks come down and just start kind of flipping the ball around. Um, a real veteran guy, an All-American type guy, I, he's earned that a little bit uh, right when he gets on the field. But early on, uh, the quarterbacks are going to be challenged. Man, you guys are the first ones out and the last ones to leave. You know exactly where you are in the field. 
this particular quarterback is responsible for bringing out the ball bag and making sure there's enough balls in there and towels, so to speak, right? And then here is the warm-up progression that I want you guys to go through, right? Here's the 20 or 30 throw progression, wrong foot toss, balance toss, uh, over-exaggerated ball location toss. There's a few things that we do here that I want them to start doing. And then uh, uh, and then as they are, are loose with that particular warm-up, they can start to kind of progress and, and, uh, and move out. I mentioned earlier, you know, if you're a quarterback guy, you got to do some research on Tom House. You got to go and read uh, uh, Bruce Feldman's uh, QB1 book and really talk about warm up and uh, rotator cuff and labrum development and all these type of things that I think as a quarterback coach are, are the foundation of, of how you're getting your guys to be better throwers, right? And I always say that, that the, you can have all the great individual drills in the world. If you want to be a great thrower, you got to throw. You got to throw the football, right? We have to get really, really good at that. Okay. The fourth thing there, progression of practice. Uh, I, I always believe this great coaches, great players understand the progression of practice. It's something you should be really hammering those quarterbacks on. Hey, what we do in individual should translate to uh, group time. What we do in a group time should translate into team time. And then certainly what we do in team time needs to show up on Saturdays. So that's a big deal. I've started to theme up our drills. And, and I'm a big believer now that really all of our quarterback drills are based on two things, pocket movement and ball location, period, right? I'm not going to do a, a bunch of crazy drills. I want to teach my guy how to efficiently move in the pocket, right? I mentioned earlier about that hitch count being attached to all the passing concepts. Oh, man, if I can, if I can teach this quarterback how to move efficiently, um, how, to, how to move only as much as he needs to while maintaining what's called a passing profile, uh, and we can get a lot of great late completions uh, off what I call real life, right? I'd love every, every pocket to be perfectly clean, but there's a lot of bumping and grinding in there. Uh, the time that you spend um, teaching that quarterback efficient pop, pocket movement, Tom Brady's a great example of it, I think really pays dividends. And then ball location. You know, we use some buzz phrases around here that I think have really helped us. And I love it when I can hear the quarterback say it back to me about ball location. Uh, I use this phrase all the time with perimeter throws, okay, out cuts, comebacks, post corners, sales, flats, whatever it is, miss outside, live for another day, miss inside, and it's going the other way. We spend a lot of time on what's called boundary push on those throws. I want those guys really making the wide receivers extend towards the boundary. Um, and, and certainly some of those throws, once the quarterback gets good at it, are, are, are uh, as undefendable as you can get. Uh, we use a phrase here called uh, all interior throws, numbers and below, right? Slants, digs, basics, skinnies, uh, uh, whatever the case may be, drives, whatever it is. If I get my guy on the ground, we're safe. We got the completion. It is what it is. And we move on to the next round, right? So the next play and that, and those are some of the things I think that uh, as a, as a teacher, which we all should aspire to be is the best teachers you're creating these little phrases and the guys are saying them back to you, man, you got something rolling now, you know? So those are some of the ways that we've, we've uh, sort of themed up our days. Thanks again for this one from Lawrence first in goal clinic. Again, the entire talk from coach Davis is available on coach tube. The link is in the show notes as well as a code to save 50% on this course. The link to 
The entire Lawrence First and Goal library is available as well. If you're looking for something for your position group, they do have bundles together. Be sure to check those out. Coach Davis did an earlier podcast with us. I will link that one in the show notes. Good luck to you as you head into camp and get ready for the 2021 season. Follow all we're doing on coachingcoordinator.com and follow me on Twitter at Coach K. Grabowski.